Welcome to the July 26th edition of Take Him With You, the podcast that's spiritual, not religious. I'm your host, Rick Moyer, and today, all sorts of cool stuff. I talk about a house guest, uh, the TV show Kings, and more. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, getting your Twitters on your phone. That'll be fun. The brand new Striper album that just came out. Yeah. Headbang, glam rock, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of fun. Plus, we're going to discuss how to deal with difficult people, the narcissists in our lives. Can we identify them? And how do we deal with it? Hello there, my name is Med. And this is David Frost. You're not David Frost. All right, I mean, this is Mark. And we are the present... Mark? All right, get on with it. Okay. And we're the presenters of Waffle on Podcast. And we like to talk about... Crap. TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we've already had a podcast about that, so let's move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. Do not smile when I say the word colon. I'm not. They're the only ones that can get away with doing such a goofy promo like that. Thanks, guys. Waffle on. Good stuff. Uh, I just got done listening to their, well, a while back now. They had a brand new episode out, and it was all on Doctor Who. And it's just hysterical. They have three of them talking about it. And, of course, being from the States, I have a hard time following along. I have to really listen because their accents, they talk so quickly. And uh, with their accents, you really have to pay attention. But it's really worth it. It's really fun to listen to what they think about the different shows and uh, they just have a great time over there. So check them out. Um, that's, uh, how does it go? It's waffleon.podbean, B-E-A-N.com. So it's waffleon.podbean.com. Check them out. Time to find out what's going on at Rick's house on Take Him With You. Let's see, all sorts of great stuff going on around my house. I've been listening to the brand new Striper album that I downloaded off of iTunes. I've been downloading a song a week for the last, I don't know how many weeks, 12 weeks or so, because <laughs> they were doing this promotion. Check out some of their songs. They're great. you recognize that song? Did you know that Michael Sweet, the lead singer of Striper, is also the lead singer of Boston? It's true. 
Uh, he's, he has uh, gone on tour with them and does music with them now. So they kind of did a cover on their Striper album. Now check out some of these other ones. They have some really good songs on the new album. It's called Murder by Pride is the name of the album. Yeah, it's pretty rocking this album. I'm totally impressed, and uh, of course, you know they have such great, great choruses and stuff. But they have all sorts of stuff on here, and I, I've been really enjoying. They have some like ballady kind of sounds, but mostly rock, kind of glam rock. Of course, they don't look like glam rockers anymore, but they are still really cool. Really good production value on this um, on this album, and uh, I like the "Murder by Pride." The it's a really cool song. That that the album is named after "Murder by Pride." There you go. That's just a little preview of the the album. You can get it on iTunes, and uh, I think you can. I don't know if you can register and get it. Um, probably from their website too at striper.com. But uh, anyway, a little story behind them. Uh, lead singer Michael Sweet, his wife just passed away from cancer, and uh, it was a quite a excruciating thing. We followed along and prayed for her and prayed for that family. And it's been a real rough road for Michael and the band. Uh, in the midst of it is recording this album and it's just it's it's just crazy but they're they're embarking on their 25th anniversary as striper and going all across the country doing concerts so if you get a chance to see them go go support them and check them out the premier christian rock band ever uh they were just stunning i mean it was it was such a great thing to have them come onto the scene and really uh cascade and 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 launch christian music into a new realm where it wasn't stupid. Now that sounds funny, but 
lot of the Christian music was really lame at the time. And so when Striper came along, they just really pushed the envelope. And after that, a lot of bands, a lot of people got guts to go out there and just play music as an art form and, and really rock out for, for God instead of uh, playing it safe like church music. And so I'm very impressed with Striper. I think they did a, an amazing job of getting out there and really reaching the world for Christ. And I like them. I really enjoy their new album, Murder by Pride. Very good. Recommend it highly from this guy here. Okay, what else is going on at my house? Um, oh, I had a house guest over. My friend, Tim, who listens to this podcast. I'm friends with him on the Trex and Sci-Fi Forum. Uh, he came up for a couple of days. He lives in Oregon and uh, was passing through and had some vacation time. So I invited him to come on over for a couple of days. And so we just had a great time. So I got to meet Tim. Tim, it was nice to meet you. It was fun. We ate lots of food, didn't we? <laughs> and uh, we went out to the beach. And, of course, we got out to the beach on this beautiful day. It was 75, almost 80 degrees. Head out to the beach. By the time we got to the beach, the fog was rolling in. It was like 50. So who knows? I don't know how that all works. But we drove back in, and it was beautiful back in where we live. And so we barbecued and laughed and talked about uh, science fiction and Star Trek and had a really good time. And, and then we uh, we actually got to stargaze that night and talk about God and all sorts of cool stuff. And then the next day we got up and we went out to uh, Nathan and I and Tim all went out to Lake Quinault, the rainforest here in the northwest, Pacific Northwest. And took pictures. You can go to the blog at uh, takehimwithyou.com and you can see on this week's notes, podcast notes, you can see some of the pictures we took on our trip. Or you can head over to my Facebook. I have a whole thing of, of Tim's visit. You can kind of see what we did. We even roasted marshmallows with John Luke Picard. Absolutely. I know I'm a geek, but uh, yeah. And you can check us out at uh, facebook.com slash rick.moyer. That's facebook.com slash rick.moyer and you can see some of the photos from our trip tim it was great to meet you and i had a great time uh talking with you and uh i've been praying for you and uh, you're a good friend so thanks a lot again for coming up and spending a couple days with the moyers we had a great time okay how about let's talk real quick about the tv show kings on nbc they you know it was canceled we i talked about it before on the podcast and said what an amazing show it was and then, of course, they've been playing the remainder of the shows since it was canceled on Saturday nights. They moved it to Saturday nights at like 8 o'clock on NBC, um, West Coast time. And we've been watching it, and it's just, I don't understand why they canceled it. It was a great show. I mean, talk about intense, kind of a biblical, I mean, they took some liberties with the biblical storyline, but fascinating and just, oh gosh, hit home as far as betrayal and and friendship and loyalty and just some elements in this show that was just so, so cool. I recommend that if you can ever get the show Kings and watch it on DVD or if you can pick it up on Netflix or however that you do it. I think you might even be able to watch some episodes online if you go um, to NBC.com. But uh, great stuff. I don't know if it's on Hulu or not. But Kings, highly recommended from me, Rick Moyer, from Take Him With You, Kings, the TV television series kings very very cool the premise of the show was about king david and king saul and uh they just they mix it all up though with modern day stuff it's just i i don't know how to say how cool it is you just got to watch it very cool oh one last thing i wanted to say on the geeky front um, i decided to try i have unlimited texting on my my cell phone from verizon and well i guess i have 
what is it 500 messages and then unlimited between Verizon and Verizon well anyway I, I decided to go ahead and start using Twitter on my cell phone mistake you know if you if you uh, put quite a few follow if you follow quite a few people on Twitter and you put it on your cell phone really fast it starts to um, annoy the crud out of me it kept ringing and ringing and ringing and then I'd look at it and I'd have so many Twitter messages I finally just stopped because I realized that uh, even following three or four of my favorite friends on on Twitter causes my it's gonna cause my inbox to explode and I'm gonna have problems with the billing when it comes next month <laughs> so I disabled it but anyway it's kind of cool if you have unlimited completely unlimited really fun to put Twitter on your phone because then you can just stay in contact with all the cool people you're following and you can go to Twitter and you can select which people you want to follow on your mobile device and that way you don't like I have a hundred and some followers and I couldn't put them all on there or I would my it would be constantly ringing so I just picked a few of them that I wanted to check up on and see what's going on in their lives and uh, that's what I was doing but it was there was just so many on the on the few that I picked that I couldn't keep it up unless I had unlimited and then I would put it on and, and just put it on silent and then I would just check my phone all the time <laughs> another little gadget to check I have my iPod touch that I check all the time now I would have my phone to check all the time but anyway, Twitter is so much fun. I, I, You should follow me. It's Moyer777. That'd be really fun. You should follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com slash Moyer777 at Moyer777. Yeah, you love it. Follow me on Twitter, please. Please, please. Okay, I'm done talking. At least on what's going on at my house. <laughs> Stay tuned. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You... Why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series, The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! <laughs> and they have a newer episode that came out on the 15th of July that you can listen to right now on iTunes. Or you can go over to knightsoftheguild.com and check out their website and download it and notes and all sorts of goodies and fun things. And I, I believe they are just, uh, by the time you hear this, I think they're at Comic-Con or just getting done with Comic-Con. So... Very fun and exciting, so listen to their podcast. It's really cool. Well, I believe it's time for Words of Wisdom right here on Taken With You. This week, our Words of Wisdom come out of Psalm 25 from the Message Bible. Here it is, Psalm 25, a David psalm. My head is high, God, held high. I'm looking to you, God. No hangdog skulking for me. I've thrown in my lot with you. You won't embarrass me, will you? or let my enemies get the best of me. Don't embarrass any of us who went out on a limb for you. It's the traitors who should be humiliated. Show me how you work, God. School me in your ways. Take me by the hand. Lead me down the path of truth. You are my Savior, aren't you? Mark the milestones of your mercy and love, God. Rebuild the ancient landmarks. Forget that I sowed wild oats. Mark me with your sign of love. Plan only the best for me, God. God is fair and just. He corrects the misdirected, sends them in the right direction. He gives the rejects his hand and leads them step by step. 
From now on, every road you travel will take you to God. Follow the covenant signs. Read the charted directions. Keep up your reputation, God. Forgive my bad life. It's been a very bad life. My question, what are God worshipers like? Your answer, arrows aimed at God's bullseye. They settle down in promising places. Their kids inherit a prosperous farm. God friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. If I keep my eyes on God, I won't trip over my own feet. Look at me and help me. I'm all alone in big trouble. My heart and kidneys are fighting each other. Call a truce to the civil war. Take a hard look at my life of hard labor. Then lift this ton of sin. Do you see how many people have it in for me? How viciously they hate me? Keep watch over me and keep me out of trouble. Don't let me down when I run to you. Use all your skill to put me together. I wait to see your finished product. God, give your people a break from this run of bad luck. There you go. A prayer from David, King David, out of Psalm 25 in the Message Bible. You know, you can listen to the Midweek Booster every week. We're in Philippians right now. I think you'd really enjoy it if you tune in. Download it at TakeHimWithYou.com on our Midweek Booster on Wednesdays. There's your words of wisdom. Bless you, and I hope you uh, think about those words during this coming week. I think if she watched Empire, she would want to watch Jedi. The way that Lucas planned it, um, Star Wars A New Hope was supposed to be able to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And so it does have a conclusion. That's why we chose... It's not like watching Fellowship of the Ring where you're like, oh, I just sat here for three hours and this stupid (laughs) story just started. (laughs) It's not stupid. I know. I know. Of course it's not stupid. I love it. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. <laughs> I really enjoyed their latest episode, um, the girls from the ladies... Girls, I don't know, geeky girls. I don't know. They just got done doing a really cool um, episode you want to listen to all about the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Very, very good episode. You want to check it out. And my other friend, Rico, really has a cool show. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. The cool part about Rico's show this week, um, if you go and check out his his uh, show, 
I believe this last week he covered, yeah, I just listened to it. Um, he covered Quantum Leap, the science fiction show that starred Scott Bakula, guy that played Captain Archer on Enterprise. But uh, anyway, it was really good, and he had a really cool musical segment and some great comments and some good stuff on the show. Check it out over at treksinsci-fi.com. I belong to their forum over there and just really love the friends that I've made there. And we have such great discussions and fun and talk about geeky goodness. So check it out, treksandsci-fi.com. Before we get into today's subject, which is really an important subject to be talking about, uh, we're going to be uh, dealing with uh, difficult people. And how do you deal with people that have narcissistic or sociopathic tendencies? Now, before you freak out and say, what? You've got to be kidding. There's nobody like that in my life. You'd be surprised at how many people are dealing with uh, a borderline um, personality uh, disorder. And uh, we'll talk about how do you recognize that, how do you deal with them, how do you get out of, you know, when you get hurt really bad by somebody that's really messed you over, how do you get out of that, and how can you deal with difficult people? It's going to be really, really good, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Right now, I wanted to uh, do something. I'm going to go over to my... I have this really cool control panel where I can go and check out the statistics from Take Him With You and how we're doing as far as how many people come to the website, um, how many downloads do we have, etc. So I'm going to head on over there right now live while I'm speaking to you, at least while I'm recording here. And we're gonna, I want to share some of the cool statistics with you on Take Him With You. Um, and then I'm going to ask if you would be willing to help Amy and I as we do this experiment uh, we are trying to pay the bills and keep the program coming to you every week. Our goal and what we feel like we've been called to do in our life is to encourage people. And that uh, that doesn't come without uh, a price. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do is pay our bills every month, which uh, I think our, our, our budget isn't very uh, huge. And, of course, we're not making a whole lot of money. Uh, but we're asking if everybody that listened to the program, if you enjoyed or something, if you could throw us 20 or $30 a month, we would be able to pay our bills and continue to bring this to you every every week. And that's what we're asking. But I want to share some of the stats because I think you need to know what you're investing in when you do that. Um, okay, I'm headed over and let me see. Today, uh, I'm recording this on July 21st. So it's a Tuesday. And of course, by the time you're listening to it, it's the 26th. So these stats won't be exactly the same. But uh, so far to this day on this month, we've had 3,083 visitor, unique visitors to the website. Um, just in the month of July. And uh, total unique visitors since for the very beginning, uh, since we first started, we have 14,963 people, that's different IP addresses, that have come to the site to check it out. So that's cool. Um, I think we've had many, many shows downloaded. Uh, we, have, we average about 266 um, visits to the site a day. And that's, you know, since we started. So, Or at least this month we have 266 um, visits per day to the site. And lots of people download lots of things. I mean, we've had so many different people download programs that it's hard to keep track. I would have to go back and add up all the stats. But, like, just this month alone, I think we've had, um, oh, gosh, close to a 1,000 downloads or a little bit more of different episodes, all sorts of different ones. You know, we've got... This is program number 26, and of course we have the Midweek Boosters. So we've had close to like 57, 58 um, programs out there, or at least things that people can download, plus all the different songs that I do and all the different things that I that I put out in the feed. 
and put on the web pages and stuff so people can download. So we have quite a few people coming to the site. Um, our actual visitors to the site this month so far has been 5,596. So that means that people are coming back a few times to check out what's going on or maybe update their stuff. And, of course, we have listeners every single week. So it's uh, it's definitely good. We started off in January with only 217 people coming, and then in February, 605. And then in March, we doubled and went to 1,200. And then April, 1,700. And then in May, 2,800. And then in June, 5,100. So, um, yeah, lots and lots of people are, are have – it's kind of cascading, and lots more people are listening to the program which is really, really cool. And if you would like to help reach people all around the world with a message of encouragement and hope, we would appreciate it if you could help us out. Subscribe to our newsletter, and you can pay $20 or more a month, whatever you feel you are led to do, and we will send you a newsletter and encouragement every Monday morning uh, that goes along with that donation, which we really, really appreciate. Uh, if you feel like just giving to the to the uh, podcast, you can do that too. Uh, you can go to our website at takehimwithyou.com and click on the Donate Now, and it'll get right to us through PayPal, or you can send us a check. Our address is 911 Chico Lane in Aberdeen, Washington, 98520. Moyer Multimedia, LLC, 911 Chico Lane, Aberdeen, Washington, 98520. That's where our studios are located, and uh, we get our mail here, so uh, you can uh, help if you'd like to. I do really want to say thank you to all of those of, of you that have helped with us. We don't read your names on, on the podcast and stuff like that because of the nature of the show is spiritual and stuff, and we don't want to um, we don't want to get people riled up or you know some people just want to give anonymously, which I think is really cool of you. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all of you that have helped. Uh, just this morning I woke up. I was a little bit discouraged last night, and I knew I was going to be recording today, so I tried to pray and just get ready to go and uh, this morning when I woke up, somebody had given $50 towards the podcast. And I just I just want to say thank you so much for all of you that have donated and helped uh, to uh, bring Take Him With You out on the Internet. Uh, we really, really appreciate your help. So if you feel led, please click on the Donate button or subscribe to our newsletter. Or write to us and ask. You can ask any question you want. I don't have anything to hide. So you can you can email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. Ask me any question you want, and if I can answer it, I will. Okay, it's time for Food for Thought on Take Him With You. Last week, I shared a very difficult um, story from Amy and I's life of about 15 years ago or so. We were involved in a church where we were busy with in leadership and doing ministry and going down to Union Gospel Mission and preaching and doing street ministry and putting on concerts and all sorts of different things. When um, I discovered that our pastor, who we ha- who we had at that point been involved with for six or seven years, had um, been doing some things behind the scenes that he wasn't supposed to, and when all was said and done. We know at least seven women that he was um, having adultery with, and we caught him, and we had to call people to come in and help, and he was removed from office, and, you know, not just, um, it was just very, very hard. It was a very hard situation. It wasn't easy. Um, He had really started to go off track from the Bible, 
and he he had gone down to a a place in Texas for a some type of a spiritual thing and I'm not saying that the folks he went to were off base but he he definitely got it in his mind some really weird concepts came back and uh, for whatever reason behind closed doors he started grooming um some ladies and uh through counseling per se he was supposedly helping them well he did help them all right but not in the way that uh, he should have and it was not good. And so when all was said and done, it was pretty devastating. Uh, the church of 120 or so people, 150 maybe, uh, was pretty much wiped out and devastated. It was very, very difficult. Um, had to remove him from office. But interesting stuff that we learned during that whole process. It, I wouldn't ask for it again, even though um, someday down the road I'll share on our on the podcast here another situation we ran into many years later that um, was probably just as damaging, um, even though there wasn't uh, adultery involved, it was still a very, very difficult situation. And I'm kind of too close to that whole situation right now to to share about it. But uh, down the road, I certainly will, because I think it's something that everybody needs to know about, especially when dealing with difficult people and people that have uh, personality disorders. I think we all need to know how to deal with difficult people in our life. But we'll get to that down the road. Uh, we are going to talk about that today, but only only from the the well from the standpoint of what happened to Amy and I fifteen years ago. So, like I said, uh, we were involved in a church where we were were heavy into Bible teaching, and we met Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Uh, had some instruction in the Bible. We we sang songs. Uh, we you know had picnics with the folks that we went to church with. We helped people out. We did ministry on the streets, and like I said, we were very very involved. What we didn't know though that was behind closed doors, the pastor had started to go off track, and probably for the last year that we were affiliated with him, he had started subtly behind closed doors. We didn't know this, but he had started um, becoming very cult like in his teaching. Uh, from the pulpit, he didn't do that. You know, when, from where he when he spoke, you didn't hear really a whole lot of what he was talking about behind the scenes. We found out later some of the things he was talking about. But uh, when he was speaking from the from the the platform, he talked a lot about grace and he talked a lot about uh, how you know as Christians we didn't sin and a lot. Of, we we saw a difference in the what he was teaching because I think he was trying to justify what he was doing behind closed doors, and we didn't know what was happening obviously, or we would have put a stop to it. But it's pretty fascinating. In front of everyone, he was preaching a lot about grace, how we couldn't sin, uh, you know, lots of things like that. And we should have seen the warning signs, but we didn't know. Um, When we finally figured everything out, you know, we went back and interviewed different people that had been working with him a little closer than we had. And we found that there were some definite signs that things were awry and things were out. Um, Did you know that statistics show that one in nine people exhibit sociopathic tendencies? Now, when we say sociopath, we think of the like the axe murderers. But really, I want you to think about this for a moment. Sociopathic doesn't necessarily mean an axe murderer, even though those people are sociopaths. You know, there's a lot more people like in the workplace. Some of our bosses are sociopaths. Some of our neighbors and friends, some of our family members are. And sociopathic behavior, really what it is, it's it's a very narcissistic thing. It's very selfish. Narcissism means very extreme selfishness. And sociopathic behavior basically means that something happens to somebody when they're young, young enough that they, they they don't feel the same way as you and I do. 
And so they don't experience emotions in the same way, and they go into a very protective mode where everything is very important to them as what, what it counts to them. They're very selfish. And so as a result of that, they can use emotions to manipulate people, but they're not really feeling them the way that you and I do. I did a lot of research on this because of the situations that we were involved in. Um, talked to some very, very cool people, professional people that um, are very learned and studied in this behavior and in this personality disorder. I've read probably 10, 15 books on the subject and lived through it a few times. So I definitely can tell you, I know what I'm talking about when we talk about sociopathic behavior. And I kind of want to share some of it today because you may be in a position where maybe you're in a situation where you're you're having some stuff happen to you and you don't quite understand what's going on. Like I said, one in nine people exhibit sociopathic tendencies and may actually have a personality disorder, which is really weird. And especially the further we get into... Um, the world we live in, the more prevalent it has become in corporate America and all around the world, world really. I mean, one of the, the best books I've ever read, and I'll share some resources that you can read, uh, is a guy from England that uh, wrote a book called um, Bully Insight. And it's just a fantastic book. And he's from England, and I guess they have a, a real problem over there with it as well. Um, the cure rate for somebody that has this personality disorder, where they're basically a sociopath is a real a, an adult bully. You know, it's people that um, kind of manipulate. They they may be charismatic on the outside, but they're they're vicious on the inside. And uh, the cure rate is really dismal because really it develops at an early age as a coping mechanism. And so people that are really hard to get along with, difficult people, usually it means that they had a difficult life. And you can't quite put your finger on it, and they're really slippery because they can get out from anything. Um, they don't. They don't ever take responsibility for what they're dealing with, not usually, at least. Uh, often, uh, this type of thing is brought on by abusive parents, by siblings, maybe that they fought with a lot when they were kids. Situations that require a child to cope when they aren't mature enough to understand what's going on, and so they develop this personality disorder very early in life, and really they don't ever grow up um, emotionally because their emotions don't work right, and so they carry it into their adult life. And unfortunately, they get into positions of leadership or positions of trust, and then people are being used and hurt by them, um, and they don't care. And and people are left in their wake, and a lot of a lot of other people don't understand because they've never been through it, or they explain it away and say, "Well, you're not just being you're not being nice enough to them," or they're, you know, they give them a lot of excuses. But when in reality, there are some just really messed up people, and there's a personality disorder that they are exhibiting. And um, people just don't know about it. And so we just tend to brush it off and say, well, they're a jerk. Well, it's more than that. And it does hurt more than that. And people's lives are devastated by it. So that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Um, sociopaths, they don't really uh, feel they use. And when you see a sociopath have emotions, most likely it's because they want something from you. Um, they aren't feeling. They're trying to gain or get you off track from discovering what they really are. They hate to be embarrassed. Uh, they often don't understand puns or thinking jokes. They're not quick with humor. They might be good at sarcasm, but they're not good and quick with humor. Um, they don't understand jokes. Uh, it makes them look bad, and if you make them look bad, pre pre be prepared for war because they don't want to look bad. And they, they do anything they can for praise and adulation. They want somebody to really 
um, share with them how wonderful they are constantly. They need to, they surround themselves with people, yes men usually, or yes women, that will tell them what they want to hear. Uh, and usually they do that out of fear, manipulation, or out of bribery. And then they get they get people around them constantly that love what they're doing. Um, a sociopath or a narcissistic person, uh, their behavior is often masked by ch- a charming personality, a public personality that is. Um, like from the pulpit, they are just they're very charismatic and they're very fun, and you think they're wonderful, you know. And on the onset, you think they would be um, teachers, pastors, policemen. Uh, they they all sorts of different professions. Are, they have people in them that are narcissists and and sociopathic tendency or 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 have that uh, personality disorder and they're all over and usually they're in a position of trust in a place where um, they can be in front of a lot of people and get that limelight but then they have a group of people that are closer to them like a staff or like a um, uh, a small church or a small group of people that they lead where they can really play the game of manipulating people and getting what they want out of life. And uh, they aren't as charismatic in that sense, but they are very manipulative and they pit people against each other. Um, in smaller groups, um, they, they tend to be very spiteful. Uh, they pit one, pit one person against the other by telling them, well, now I'm only going to share this with you, or, or you know how so-and-so is now. I just don't tell them this, but you are the person I really think that could do this, and so on and so forth, and yeah, very destructive behind the scenes and very manipulative, and uh, they can juggle it only so long, and if they get discovered, then it's not easy. A good way to describe somebody who deals with personality disorder is a bully, a bully that hasn't grown up. And I think of a bully as the on the playground when you were a kid. You remember what they they were? They basically, if you went along with them, you were safe. But if you didn't go along with them, they would pick on you unmercifully and get others to pick on you as well. Um, this is exactly what happens later on in life, even though they mask it by being charismatic and having a skill. Um, it's the same basic emotional feeling as a bully on the playground. There's something going on inside of them where they have to be in control, and they control others uh, by fear and intimidation. And that happens more in the workplace than we expect, and in places you would never re- really think it was going on. You think of a, a sad little child who has been hurt and and can't get out, and the only way they know how to cope is to lash out and to control their environment. And that's exactly what happens. They don't grow up emotionally. They might get sophisticated, they use people as pawns. Um, they're going to control and be in charge so they're never hurt again. And that's really the way that I have to look at people that, that have this borderline personality disorder because uh, it's much easier for me to handle. I take things so so personally when really um, sociopathic folks, uh, narcissists, they really don't realize what they're doing because that's all they know. Um, it's kind of like, um, this is a good way to describe it for those of you that are sci-fi fans. Do you remember Stargate Atlantis? They had that race of beings called the Wraith. And the Wraith were like bug people that had these suction cups on their hands. Sounds kind of goofy. But in order for them to live, they had to feed on the energy of other people or other beings. And so they would uh, suction cup them with their hand and then suck the life out of them. And the person that was being having a life sucked out of them would age rapidly and then deteriorate and then the, and then the wraith would be full and really that is exactly what a narcissist does a sociopathic personality they basically survive on the energy and the conflict of others and the praise and the adulation and the the um 
I don't know, the attention of others. If they don't get that, it's not good, and they will go hunting for that. And that's why I think a lot of times people say, well, you know, I've been messed over by some jerks a lot. I don't understand why. It's Why do they always pick me? Well, the reason is that they, look, they go after loyal people who will work hard and will do their work for them and will praise them and encourage them. They go after people like me. I'm, I'm an encourager and a loyal person. And I have, you know, I've had probably four or five um, sociopathic personalities as bosses in my life, in my lifetime. And now, of course, I wouldn't do that now that I've learned all these different things. I, I would not work for someone like that again. Um, but I definitely have experienced it. And I wondered why. I was thinking, whoa, why are they? Why am I falling into this? Why do I get these people? And I thought maybe something was wrong with me. Found out, no. Um, what really happens is people people that have this personality disorder go after people who are like me, who are loyal and um, get the job done and will work their butt off uh, to get the project done. Uh, in spite of their families and everything else. You know, I regret quite a few things now that I look back and I think of I, the neglect that I showed my family and, and others as a result of serving these people that didn't really care about me. They just wanted my gifts and my talents. And that's not a good way to live. And I don't know if you're living that way or not, but really interesting. There, there can be all sorts of different people that struggle with this personality disorder. Um, doctors, pastors, uh, people with power, politicians. A lot of politicians deal with this. Anywhere there's a lot of praise and limelight, performers, actors, musicians, it's very rampant in the music scene because people's egos and, and uh, you know, when you start believing your own press releases, you're in trouble. You probably have, a, a, have some issues that you need to deal with. Um, really interesting, you know, when you confront somebody or you notice that something's going on. Um, I remember having meetings with a, with a person and wondering why we never got anything accomplished. Well, that's a sign of a narcissist. They just want to have meetings for the sake of stirring up conflict or being in charge or showing you that they or getting you to do stuff for them. But there never really is anything that gets done. And if you confront them on their behavior or what they're doing or, or something, maybe they've made a mistake, they'll immediately twist it around and put it back on you. I remember when we confronted this pastor that was in adultery with seven ladies, at least seven we, that we know of, um, he twisted everything back on us and said that we were the ones that had the problem and that you know, he was only trying to do this or that. He, he twisted it all back on us because he didn't want to deal with the behavior that he was exhibiting or the, that he had done. He didn't want to be responsible. And this is what happens with people that are narcissists. They don't ever want to be responsible for their behavior. So they can come in, and, like in a staff meeting, they can come in and blow up on you and, and cause you humiliation and everything. And then about two or three hours later, it's like it never happened. And you're left trying to pick up the emotional pieces of being yelled at and, and being hurt and your motives questioned and everything. And then they completely go on with their life because in some sick and twisted way, they got what they wanted. Have you ever been in a meeting like that? Oh, I have been in so many meetings like that. I just it's just amazing to me that people, you know, and I didn't know what it was. Now I do. Now I would go, "Oh, okay, we've got a situation." I remember confronting some folks and saying or particularly some guys on uh, some behavior problems that were going on, and they always by the end of the meeting they had flipped it around on on the people that had confronted, even when there was a group of people confronting, always flipped back on us, never ever taken responsibility for and that 's a real sign of narcissism and sociopathic behavior amazing they never like to be told no ever you don 't want to you know you say no to a sociopath or to a narcissist, and you 're going to get 
um, you're going to get a lot of problems there because they don't they want to be in power. They don't want to be told no. They always like to be told yes. They change their mind quite a bit. You could be working on a project and just get it almost all the way done and have them come in and say, you know, nope, I don't like that. I want to do this. And then when you say, well, wait a minute, I put all this time in, they'll say, you know what? I'm the I'm the one that is the boss. You do what I ask you to do. And they'll push their power. And uh, and they don't have any regard for the time that you put into something. That's a that's that's a narcissist type of way of looking at things. Bosses, really, the best bosses are the ones that will roll up their sleeves and come alongside and work with you, or at least be supportive and encouraging to you as you do the thing you're called to do. Um, unfortunately, we live in in a world where that's not always the case. I mean, there's some really good bosses out there. I've had some, but I've also had some really bad ones and very hurtful ones. And and some of the signs. Um, that you uh, can tell if somebody might be borderline personality disorder um, are as follows. Now, I get this out of, I'm going to share some resources at the end of this podcast to where you can find some of these tests and things. But let me just say, if you're being bullied or at work, or if you if you are under this uh, under the pressure of a sociopath or narcissist at work, here's some of the things you might experience. You're physically sick the night before you start every work week. Uh, you have a history of positive appraisals and a solid work performance, but it feels like your boss or your coworker never stops criticizing your work um, and your per- and you personally. Um, how about this? Your boss or your coworker yells at you, insults you, or otherwise humiliates you in front of other people at work. That may be a sign that they are struggling with a personality disorder or they might be a sociopath. Um, you're accused of making errors when you didn't. Basically, they make you the fall guy or gal. A manager or supervisor continually brings up the past mistakes as a type of club to hit you with, not in a constructive manner to help you improve. Someone at work quietly tells gossipy lies about you or your job performance. I remember that and thinking, wow, what's going on? Am I really that bad? Uh, Your boss freezes you you out of his um, or her circle by moving your desk or not including you on meetings or even social lunches. Um, that happens sometimes. Um, on your days off, you feel exhausted and lifeless, or you spend time away from work obsessing about work. That may be a sign that you're working with a sociopath. Your boss tries to make you fail by not reviewing or signing off on your work, shuffling your schedule, or calling meetings when he knows or she knows that you have a conflict. does it on purpose. Uh, when you succeed at work despite your boss, He or she takes the credit for your success, but always blames you for their failures. I I just will never forget so many times those kind of things happening with us, and we but we didn't know the signs. So those are some of the things that you can um, that you can go. Oh, okay, all right, something may be going on here that I don't like very much, or something may be going on that you don't know about. I remember one particular time uh, we had a uh, this was at a church I was at. We had a board meeting, and I was just exhausted. A couple of, of, of the workers on the staff, we were just so tired, and we were burning out. We were really on a destructive path, and it was not good as far as physically and mentally and emotionally. And we brought it up in front of the board of, of directors, and we started talking about it. And one of the guys that was on the board understood this type of thing. He he was a teacher and understood behavioral things that were going on. And he pointed out that we were workaholics. And when I started to research why I was a workaholic, I realized that that not only did I have some issues that I needed to deal with because I was getting my 
getting my worth out of my work instead of, you know, we aren't what we do. We're who we are. And I think a lot of times, men at least, will get a lot of worth out of what their work is. Not that ladies don't. I think ladies do too. But I'm just saying, I was really feeling good about myself because I worked so hard. But you know that uh, in the end, you don't, you're not remembered for how hard you worked. You remember, you're remembered for the relationships and the way you lived your life. You know, my grandpa, I remember him when he passed away. Uh, you know, he didn't care about the money that he had. He cared about the people, and, and, it was, and he had made a lot of mistakes in his life, and it was really hard for him when he was on his way out because it was very difficult. <laughs> you know, some of the relationships that he had, he, he made money more important than the relationships. And anyway, we were burning out, and I remember having to deal with the workaholism and actually going to get some counseling because I was burning out. I was on my way to some serious mental and, and physical breakdowns, and here I was working in a church. You know, of all places you should be okay about is working in a church, but no, it was because we had not just dealing with our own things, but we also had a boss that was very difficult to work with, and he was manipulating us, and we didn't know that, and using us, and at the time, we didn't understand because we weren't educated on it. And sadly enough, in the church, I think more, and in, in nonprofit organizations, not very many people are educated on this type of behavior. And so we just we write it off as, well, this just got to be this personality, or this is just how this person is, when in fact it's not right, and there, there are abuses going on, but we don't recognize them. Um, they, in the corporate world, a lot of this kind of stuff happens too, but it's noticed a little more, and it's, it's now gotten some attention in the national media. So uh, people do recognize when sociopathic or, or narcissistic behavior happens, and basically they call it bullying in the workplace, and, and people do notice that now. A little more than they did, but in nonprofit groups, churches, and stuff like that, it's really not noticed. Uh, it's just kind of because we have this weird thing that says, "Well, you know, we just have to put up with it because Jesus would." Well, you know what? I really don't think so. I think Jesus would confront it. I think Jesus would talk about it. I think he would deal with it. And it isn't right to treat people in a bad way. You should not use people, especially in a church setting in a Christian setting. People should be celebrated, not tolerated. People should not be used. They should be blessed, and there should be opportunities for folks to excel in the gifts that God has given them. But we should never manipulate people for our own gain. We should never be hurting people uh, to get our jollies. That is not cool. and But it happens. It really does, and, and it's sad. I think a lot of times we don't want to talk about it because we think it, it puts a scar on things. But you know what? It happens in every ty- type of workplace all over the world all the time. And we need to talk about it. We need to be aware that there are things that go on that are not good. And we need to deal with it. So how do we deal with it? Um, How do you fix it? Because all the books that I have read, almost everyone, from Christian perspective and non-Christian perspective, say that it is a very hard thing to deal with. That in fact, if you can get out of the situation get out of it. Get out from underneath the people that are bullying you. Get out from it. Even if you love your job, it's probably best just to get away from it because you really never win against a narcissistic and, and, a, and a person unless somehow they move away. Um, and that really is true. I am, I'm here to say that the experiences that I have had so far, uh, it's true. If you, don't, um, if you don't get away from them, 
it's very difficult to take them straight on because uh, they have a lot of energy and they will go to no ends to uh, mess you over. So it's really important to be healthy. And to be healthy, sometimes you just need to change your workplace. I, I know that sounds harsh, but you know what? There's lots of places out there, and I believe that if you have faith in God, God can move you into a place where you need to be without being harmed and abused every single day. Um, so here are some, some tips that I give uh, that come from the research that I've done and my experiences about dealing with difficult people. And if you, you know, I would recommend going to some of these websites that I'm going to recommend and, and read through them and see if maybe you're dealing with that. If you're dealing with a, a narcissistic personality or a bully in the workplace, if you're dealing with that type of person in a family, so on and so forth, it's probably a good idea to make sure that you read a lot about it before you make any real big decisions about it. But here's what I, I say. Number one, count the cost of your confrontation. You really need to count the cost. What's this going to do? I made the mistake of not counting the cost of confronting a few of, of these folks. Caused some great duress in my life. Now that I look back on it, the first situation that I encountered at the church where I talked about the seven women in adultery with the pastor, I did. I made the right call, and we confronted him straight out, and we had to deal with it. But it came at a great price. It really hurt. But nothing compared to what I did later on in life when we confronted another person that was having some serious personality issues. Uh, I did not realize the price that I would pay. And uh, I don't know what I would—I probably would still do the same thing again, but I'd probably— get out quicker after I after I dealt with it. After, you know, we dealt with it, I probably would have gotten out quicker just so that I didn't have the repercussions and the the constant reminders and hurts that came after. Uh, because wow, you rattle the chain of 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 the devil and he comes running. <laughs> just to put it that way. So count the cost of your confrontation. Is it going to cost you your job? Is it going to cost you uh, your relationship? And are you willing for that? If you are, well then you can confront it. If you're not then you need to think about how to deal with it uh, straight on. Um, two, consider stepping out and finding something new. I've already said that, but, uh, you know, there's all sorts of options in the world today, and if you have a job that you really like, I bet you that that's not the only place you can do that job. There might be other places and other people that you can work with that are going to love you and appreciate you for what you do. And, just you know, it's not the end of the world if you have to look for something else. It really isn't. Even though it sounds like it and it feels like it, you know, open up your heart, open up your mind, let God, you know, cry out to him and ask for help. In fact, that's the next one. Number three, ask God for strength in dealing with betrayal feelings, feelings of being used and, and abused as an object, because that's what narcissists do. They use you as an object uh, to get what they want, and they don't really care what happens to you, even though they pretend to, they don't. Um, ask God to help you with dealing with the betrayal feelings because it really hurts when you finally... You know, I had a responsibility in all the things that I was involved with as well. And and I've already confessed to you that one of my major issues was being accepted. I wanted to be loved, accepted. I wanted my gifts to be accepted. I wanted people to like me. And, and I kind of... I was using probably the same, you know, just in an opposite way and getting my praise and my worth out of my boss when I shouldn't have. And that that's really scary. That's really really scary to do that. And we're not we're not supposed to. We're supposed to get our self worth from God. God is the one who's created us, and He's the one that loves us and cares about us and won't hurt us. He has the best plan for our life. But when we have other people be that, we're in trouble. Now, to a certain extent, if you're married, your spouse needs to be the person that uh, that you. I mean, they can really help you out and and be close to you, and, that, and that's appropriate. But your boss should not be that. 
Your pastor should not be that. Your priest should not be that to you. You really need to let God and your spouse be the people in your life that really encourage you and help you emotionally. Uh, it's really not a good idea to get your—it's our responsibility to make sure our relationship with God is good and not um, not uh, get our worth from somebody that is, you know, and that's really, you know, I mean, I've had this happen before. I've heard about this. A, a friend of mine is a police officer, and he said, you know, they'd show up on domestic violence calls where the husband was just beating the wife unmercifully. They'd pull the guy off of her and then take him to the police car, and then the woman would jump on the policeman and say, get off my husband, I love him. You know, even though he was abusing her, she loved him and, and got something out of that. Um, that's sick, and that's not right. But you know what? Sometimes we do that in our own lives. We let people give us our worth when they shouldn't be giving us our worth. We should not be in that situation. That's called abuse. And for some reason, you know what it is? It's a fear of change. We have to change, and that's not easy for us. Not easy for me. I don't know about you. But changing is never very easy. But sometimes it's very, very important. Again, why do certain people get taken advantage of? Remember I talked about it? Loyalty, feelings of being needed, wanting to belong. We like the attention. We don't realize what's happening until it's too late. And we need to be aware of that. If that's a flaw in your life, it is in mine, and I'm very aware of it now. Sociopaths target loyal, hardworking people with few um, major acceptance flaws, and then they capitalize on it. They flatter, they groom, they pamper, and then they have the person hooked for life. Um Convinced that they are serving the greater good, the unsuspecting person works their heart out, thinking they're doing what's right, when in fact they're being killed for the agenda of the sociopath. I've been there. I understand that. But we have to quit blaming ourselves, and we need to change. We really do. We need to put our trust in God first, and then find people that we can work with that won't hurt us, that will help us. It's good to make healthy changes. And, you know, maybe you need to look through some of this material that I'm going to tell you about. You can go and look at it. Um, I had to get back to the basics and the core of who I was and realize that, um, you know, I needed to grow up and realize that I didn't need praise. I didn't need um, someone to tell me all these different things. I could stand on my own before God and do what he had called me to do. I didn't need somebody ordering me around telling me, these different things, and, and I didn't need to get my acceptance from them. I really needed my acceptance to come from God and from my spouse, and that's really it. And uh, anything else really damaged relationships and really hurt things and w- it was the wrong motives. I need to be serving God because I love God, not because I love what I get from God. I hope that makes sense. So here, let me tell you about some of the thing, uh, some of the resources that I have that you might be interested in. Here's the first one: really, really good website called www.workplacebullying.org/tools/book.html. Let me say it again: it's workplacebullying.org/tools/book.html. Go take a look. I'll put this in the notes too, so you can go over and check out my notes. And just click on it, go to the site. Here's another one. This one is bullyonline.org slash workbully slash index.htm. That's bullyonline.org slash workbully slash index.htm. They have tests and stuff that you can do to see if you are feeling the, the impact of being abused. Uh, they have some some 
they describe the symptoms of someone who deals with the personality disorder. Very, very good information and very it sets you free, makes you realize you're not crazy. You really aren't. Um, there's a great um, paperback that you can get called Bully Insight, uh, How to Predict, Resist, Challenge, and Combat work, Workplace Bullying. It's by Tim Field. You can get that. I'll also have that on the notes. Um, here's a really good one. The Complete Guide to Understanding, Controlling, and Stopping Bullies and Bullying at Work. Uh, Complete Guide for Managers, Supervisors, and Coworkers. And that's by uh, Margaret R. Kohut. And that's a pretty good read, too. Probably one of the best ones I ever read was, an, it wasn't a Christian book, but it was uh, by Martha Stout, Dr. Martha Stout. It's called The Sociopath Next Door. And it's not at all what you think. It's it's very it's it was pretty easy reading. There was a little technical towards the end, and some of her conclusions I didn't completely agree with, but I thought it was really good. It really helped me. The Sociopath Next Door by Martha Stout. Um, here's another one that I read that I thought was really good. It's called Without Conscience: The Disturbing World of the Psychopaths Among Us by Robert D. Hare. And uh, one of the best books though that I have ever read on the subject is called Crazy Makers. Getting Along with the Difficult People in Your Life by Paul Meyer, M.D. Great book and some really good things to get to the really the root of why we have to deal with difficult people and why sometimes it's hard for us, different personalities, to deal with difficult people. It's called Crazy Makers, Getting Along with the Difficult People in Your Life by Paul Meyer, M.D. I'll have all of this information on the notes at TakeHimWithYou.com, and you can check that out. And get some information there. I think will, will help you quite a bit. Okay, I don't know if I've just I just kind of opened up the can of worms, haven't I? <laughs> well, I told you this was going to be a series, so I think next week what I'll do is I'll talk about um, Amy and I's journey to health, how we overcame some of these things and feelings, and how we got back on track after being devastated by the things that had happened, um, and then maybe some of the things, personal stories on how we got out of from underneath that feeling of being bullied and back into uh, what we were called to do. I think it will be very encouraging to you. But right now, can I pray for you? Father, I lift up every person listening to the sound of my voice. And I pray, God, that you would just comfort each person's heart. If they're going through a difficult time, if they're working with difficult people, maybe their boss is difficult, maybe a family member. I don't know. You do, though. So I pray, God, that you would give them grace to deal with the situation and give them hope in, in their life. I pray, Lord, that some of these resources, the things they'll go to and read on the web, will be uh, helpful to them. I pray you set each one of us free into what we're called to do. We don't want to be afraid. We want to be people full of faith and do what you called us to do. So bless them and help every single person. God, if there's anybody out there that doesn't know you, that has never accepted you into their heart, I pray today would be the day that they say, Jesus, please take my heart and do what you want with my life. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again. And from this day forward, I need you in my life. I pray, God, that that would happen even today. And I just give you praise and I thank you for my friends now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, if you said that prayer and you accepted Christ in your life, I'd love to talk with you a little bit about it. Just email me, rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com. I hope this has kind of opened up some doors for, you know, to realize that there are people that are difficult to work with in life, and sometimes it's because of a personality disorder, but there's hope. There is hope for every single one of us, and I hope some of the resources that I've given you will really help you. If you'd like to talk about it more, I'd love to hear your comments. Why don't you send an audio comment in to rick at takehimwithyou.com. 
or email me, rick at takingwithyou.com. I would love to hear from you. Next week, we will talk a little bit more about coming out from underneath this this whole thing of having people manipulate us. How do you get out from underneath that, and how do you go forward in your life and achieve what God has really called you to do? It'll be really good. You don't want to miss it. See you next week on Take Him With You. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. For more information, visit moyermultimedia.com. That's moyermultimedia.com. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved.